Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Stacey Mitchell here and special guest from Alliances Insurance, Karen Hamill. Karen, thanks for coming on. Very excited to have you. Real quickly, we are streaming on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. And again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. So we've got some interesting stuff to talk about today, ladies. And I think the first thing we want to lead in with, because we're going to go over 2022 predictions. We've got Karen's going to explain when we get to our final segment here, like proper insurance that you need when disasters hit, because there's been a lot of them. And who knew tornadoes were a thing in Pennsylvania? Mm. So we're going to hit on that. Uh, but first, you know, we're at the time of year. Everyone has these like New Year's resolutions. They're talking about maybe buying or selling a home. And what I know is that we've seen a very interesting market, a very incredible market over the past 20 months. So I'm going to throw it to you, Sarah and Stacy. Someone says, and they call you and they, and they say, hey, I, I want to sell a home or I want to buy a home next year. What steps should they be taking now? so they can be a little bit ahead of the market when they get to that decision-making point. And why don't we start with the sell side? So someone says, I want to sell in 2022. No other information than that. What are you telling them? How's that conversation go? I mean, I think I would um, start with some questions just to find out a little bit about the home, their motivation, what is their next step um, after selling, You know, how quickly uh, when we get it to hit the market do we want things to move? Um, but then I would kind of uh, prep them with what is currently going on in the market, what steps they need to do to get it ready to list. So, um, you know, we often don't recommend major projects, but I would kind of go through the checklist with them for what they need to do to kind of get their ducks in a row so that when it's time to uh, when it's time to go, we can hit the ground running. So let's say the seller goes, hey, I want specifics. You walk into their house. What's like the normal advice you're giving someone? 70% of the time, because I, I, I find there's always like a couple things you want to look at. Um, generally, I'm looking at decluttering. I mean, what you want to see <laughs> for the most part when you walk into the home is you want to be able to see the countertops. You want to be able to open the closet and not have everything fall out on top of you. Um, you want to be able to, you know, because you're going in, you're looking at the home, you're going to be poking around a little bit. But um, I guess better to have it shoved in the closet than sitting out on the counter. <laughs> um, but I mean, I would say decluttering is really the biggest thing because when you walk into uh and it's it's hard when you live in the home you know if you've got kids it's it's hard to keep it clean but uh you need to kind of get a little bit of a routine there where in the morning you go around and you you pick up and you wipe things down um some things that i would sometimes recommend i mean if you do walk in and the first thing you're seeing is you know that that set of stairs and you've got a really old like grimy carpet i mean maybe i would say (laughs) You'd want to have that, like, take a look at that or at least, like, shampoo it. Um, if you've got, you know, paint is something that I wouldn't recommend, like, just going and painting the whole home. But, you know, little touch-up things are maybe something that I would have them take a look at. Love it. It really depends on the house, too. Yeah, yeah like for sure. Said, some houses need an entire painting, really. Well, yeah, yeah. Just, just to make it look, you know, mm-hmm. so much better. But definitely declutter, um, you know, get rid of the stack of... Uh, Newspapers, mail, <laughs> laying around. Uh, th- things that you tend to overlook when you're living in the house. You don't even see these items. So mm-hmm. uh, you become immune to it. So definitely you have to declutter. And if you need an extra set of eyes, our team has um, 
staging help that comes in and uh, they'll provide that extra support. They'll even help rearrange a little bit of furniture that you might have. It's it's mild staging, but uh, it, it helps out 110%, I think. And all of our clients say so too. So we get a lot of really positive feedback about uh, our staging help. Yeah. Well, the reason it works is because you're trying to get an emotional reaction from somebody walking through the door. And a lot of people, like, they, they think the market's so hot that the, every home's going to sell no matter what. And we're seeing that's not the case. I mean, if it doesn't show well, you know, you want, you know, Sarah to envision her and her husband and her daughter, like, living in the home. And if it has a grimy carpet, like <laughs> you said, and your baby's going to be crawling around on it, that might be a turnoff, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing that the goal is to get that right emotional reaction when people come through the door, it's really, really critical I would go one step further that if you need to get anything significant done, or even if you have to hire a painter, like you need to be lining that up now because yeah. mm -hmm. the contractors and supply chain are in a, they, they have some major issues. And if you're not set at scheduling that work, even if you want to get on the market by like February, you're probably already too late. Yeah. True. Uh, being, you know, today's December 21st. So that, that would be an, another point to that. So I, I do agree with you there. Um, I'll take it one step further and then we'll jump into the buy side is, you know, I also am clear you need to be like meeting with an agent right now. And yeah. I would say agents plural, because what, what happens here, and there's some stats that are out there that 82%, and this is according to NAR, the National Association of Realtors, 82% of sellers, they only contacted one agent before hiring somebody. And consumers right now have a 68% chance of hiring an agent who has done zero to two deals in the last 12 months. These are all national statistics. So I don't know about you guys, but when I think about selling one of my largest assets or I go to a financial advisor or an attorney or an accountant, and I, I don't want the person that's had like two tax returns they filed or they've done two <laughs> surgeries when you go to the doctor or they've delivered two that's babies, scary. right? Or zero in that case. And, and that's not to say people shouldn't be given a shot. My, my point is, Find out what their plan is and start interviewing these folks because a lot of people don't realize the likelihood of getting someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. And over eighty percent of sellers, they're just they're hiring the first person they meet, which which is a mind-boggling statistic to me. And it probably speaks to how fast the market's moving. So, when, when you're vetting agents, like I mean, what what are the ways you would identify maybe trying to find the right agent that's going to make sense for you to, to to bring in and at least interview for the job? I'm not saying hire them, but interview, and and that's the key word here that. Obviously, enough sellers aren't doing because 82% are hiring the first one. Well, you want to find out exactly um, what, what the services they're going to provide uh, look like. What's the marketing plan? I think that's very, very important. How is the support? Okay, so it's a new agent. They've done one deal. What's the support team behind them? Maybe that's – it's so incredible. Like I know our team is so incredible that um, – you know, they, they'll get the, that new agent will get all the support to see this, uh, you know, to see the transaction come to fruition. So and to get the right advice and to get to get through the process. Um, so you really have to find out more if, if you're a seller. You, you want to hear all about this, the whole selling process from start to finish. Uh, definitely the marketing plan. Um, are they involved with Zillow or, you know, or do they have affiliate partnerships with other large tech companies, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think that absolutely marketing plan is key. What all is included in that marketing plan, who you're contacting, who's contacting you. Um, and I mean, if this is either your first time selling a home or if you sold a home many, many years ago, I think I would want to know like 
what are the different scenarios of how how offers come in, what the mm-hmm. timeline looks mm-hmm. like, and what happens if we don't get an offer right away or, you know, depending on your situation for, you know, do you need to be out right away? Do you need, are you trying to hold on for a higher price? Like I would want to know scenario wise, how we would plan to kind of maneuver through that once we, once we get there so that you don't have any surprises. I, I love both of those. What What's going to happen, right? What can I expect? Because you talk about like having to like tidy up the house. I mean, that that's miserable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing that every day. And also, you know, what the plan looks like. And, and the, the third thing I'll add in there is what, what, like, what's their market knowledge? Like, do they know, do they have all the data? Like, where are homes trading for? Because a lot of cases, like, you'd be, it's surprising how uninformed sellers are sometimes, especially you mentioned, like, they haven't sold a home in 10 or 15 years. They may have no idea what's going on. They don't, a lot of people don't pay attention to real estate until they're actually in that decision-making process, which is maybe five to 6% of the population at any given time. So, how are they going to analyze the property? Are they able to talk about the sales in the area, all those sort of things? So uh, I, I love all that. And there's one thing we missed, probably the most important. Where are they moving to once they sell, right? <laughs> like, what's their plan? And more importantly, you're a seller. Like, what is your plan? Like, what if you can't find another? You have to buy another home. What if you can't find another home? What's your plan B? Do you have, like, another place you can go? Can you move them with a relative? I know I personally would never do that, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, everybody else. But, like, some people, we, we've had people that have had to do that, right? Yes. Are you willing to go to temporary housing? Like, these right. these are all things that are there. Or are you able to buy before you sell, and how are we going to navigate all that? And so having having an understanding of what to expect, but also what to expect, like, where we're going mm-hmm. is, is really important. And I'm clear if you consider all those things. And it doesn't take a lot of time to think about all this, and this is what a lot of folks don't get. This can be a, a single meeting with an agent in, in 45 to 60 minutes, and you yep. can you can get a lot of answers here. It can be a phone call to start. It could be a Zoom call, and that's where, you know, if, if you're thinking about making that move, a little bit of prep is going to go a long way because when you have a seller that wants to move and they want to, like, listen next week or two and they don't have these things answered, how does that go for you guys? Right. I feel mm-hmm. like it, it tend, like that's where you run into to problems. So mm-hmm. it's good to, to outline that and to get expectations – um, you know, out there from the get-go so that, you know, it is an emotional process. So as you're kind of working through it, you can kind of go back to like, all right, let's 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 go back to when we talked about this already. And it's great if you already had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and get back to their original motivation too. Right. And I think another um, important point of uh, hiring the right agent is negotiations also because great there's point. so many things that can happen in and during before during and and um, after right up until the yeah <laughs> right up until the day that can go sideways quickly so you have to be able to negotiate keep your cool um, you know realize that you know everybody has the same common goal uh, throughout this process and just try to be creative because sellers they don't necessarily have to um, there's other ways if they need to move they could actually close and, and remain in the home. Mm-hmm. There's ways that we can negotiate through that process too. Um, they, you can set up the listing to state that, um, you know, closing upon sellers finding suitable housing. There's so many things that you can do to, to customize for each particular situation. So if you have good ne- negotiation skills, I think it goes a long, long way to getting to the finish line. Absolutely. And it's always helpful as offers start coming in or as agents call, letting them know what you need out of mm-hmm. the that might not be price related, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, great in, the, in the terms like 
letting them in on this is this is what we're looking for because sometimes then they'll put that into the offer <laughs> right and again it's the expectations yep. from the very start well and, and we talked about prep work on the on the client side it's prep work on the agent side is your agent going to prep because there's so many agents that i mean that they wake up they don't know what the heck is going on they're just kind of going through their day and they have they have no idea wh- what they're doing and that's where it can hurt the decision making process which is a great point so we hit on a lot there with the seller side. Let's talk about the buyer side. And there was an interesting article that came out from Michelle Fox at CNBC that said, here's the things you want to do if you're thinking about buying a home. And it, it, when I read the article, it sounded a lot like she was talking about first-time buyers, uh, and which is pretty relevant given the millennial demand that's coming to the market and how many millennials are coming to the market. And it's in there, this is historic a number of buyers that are looking to get into their first home and, and they're kind of bypassing that typical first time home buyer property and sometimes going into like the mid level or the move up. So I read through the article and to, again, to give a stat here, I, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier, which is 73% of buyers, they're hiring the first agent they meet with. So again, if you're a buyer, I'd be interviewing the agent, have someone walk you through the process. I mean, I know this doesn't happen with us, but there's so many people we run into that said, yeah, I, I just went out and looked at homes and I didn't really know what to do when I found one I liked and I had no idea I needed a pre-approval or a check for deposit money and all these different things. So make sure whoever, not, not, to, not to belabor the point, make sure whoever you're talking to is walking you through the process. And th- this is a question I would hope that every agent is asking. And if they're not asking it and you're a buyer, go find somebody else. Has anyone taken the time to show you how the process works? Because even if you bought a home five years ago, it's a little different. different. I mean, the market's different. The market's changed. So, mm-hmm. no. I mean, look at the, these numbers here are staggering. Seventy-three percent of buyers, eighty-two percent of sellers, they hire the first agent they meet with. Meet with. Wow. So, I mean, I would just encourage everyone out there talk to agents plural. Now let's get into the article. So, tell me what you think about this. They they listed a couple things here, and we hit on a few of them. So here's what she recommended: get a realtor. Was number one. <laughs> Contact a mortgage lender, number two. Explore your down payment options. Enter the market now. I mean, those were really the, the four things that she talked about here. So what's the most important? Obviously, I think we, we all advocate getting a real order. I don't think we need to go through that one. We hit on that a lot. But let's talk about the other three. I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you advising buyers to do? They call you and they say, hey, I want, I want to buy a home in 2022. What do I do, Stacey? What do I do, Sarah? Well, I think uh, definitely... Getting with a lender is first and foremost <laughs> very, very important because you have to find out, first of all, if you qualify. Secondly, what is going to be your price point? What's your purchasing power? If you're just out there, you know, willy-nilly out there looking at houses, oh, I like that one. I, I want to buy that one. And it's priced at 500 but you're pre-qualified for 350 It's It's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, and then it's, it's disappointing. disappointing them when you go in, when you see <laughs> right. homes yes. at like a certain level. And then when you realize those you aren't ones you can down. afford, it's, it's harder to, you know, <laughs> be excited about some of them. Who doesn't want something more than they can afford? I mean, this is like the, the day, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's everybody. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, so th- there's nothing wrong with that. But it, I, I think you, I agree with you. That's hard to get over. Then you yep. keep thinking about the, the the home that's 150k above your budget. Great point. Right. So we have to be realistic in what we're looking for and not waste time, especially in this type of market. So get with a get with a lender. Uh, shop around. I think you know. Find out what's going to be who's going to offer you a be- the best program. There's so many programs out there, um, and they'll go over all that information. That's their expertise. That's what I tell everybody when they start asking me questions about what they qualify for. You have to talk to the lender. That's that's their forte. I'll help you get the house. That's my specialty. Yep. Get to the lender. Yep. 
Yeah, and I think and after talking to the lender and going through that information with them and finding out what you're pre-qualified for, then taking a look at it and really going through your own budget because you may be qualified for more than what you and your lifestyle would have you wanting to spend per month. So give yourself enough time there where you're not just like, all right, I got pre-qualified and I saw this house that I like and we have to get the offer in today and you didn't really get a chance to like factor in what all of, you know, other expenses may be. Um, so I'd say, the yeah, absolutely. Talk to the lender right away because that's going to give you a lot of information and a, and give yourself a little bit of time to think through it. My favorite piece of advice in here is enter the market now. I, there's mm-hmm. so many people that are waiting and they're waiting for like the market to turn or, you know, something's going to happen with rates. We had a client uh, that Janine was working with on our team and he said something to her and she like she, she like stopped him and I was copied on the email and it was, hey, I, I can always refinance later because rates are going to come down. I know what the Fed's going to do. And she goes, whoa, 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 buddy. Um, and, and very nicely and professionally, right. that's not the case. And entering the market now, there, there, to me, there's a couple reasons you want to look at that. One is inventory's light. Mm-hmm. The house you want could hit the market now and the savviest buyers are looking as soon as they decide they want to make a move. They're not waiting for like the Super Bowl or the market to, or the, the weather to warm up, which is some advice that some realtors give, which I totally disagree with. You don't know when that house is going to become available. So I find that to be really critical. And secondly, I mean, it, it's very clear the cost of money is going up in 2022. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you more to buy the same home. And we're going to get to a lot of that in our predictions in the next segment. But it's going to cost you more. You might miss out on something. I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, the worst thing that happens is you don't find anything, but you're aware of it. And when we're talking about making big financial decisions, to me, it's super, super critical to make sure that you're thinking about it as soon as you make that decision. Because how many times have you guys seen somebody that said, man, if I would have gotten in the market sooner, if I would have bought that first house I looked at, but I thought there was going to be something bad. It happens many, all many the times. time. And it, it and it's it's... It's it's tough to see people go through that for the disappointment like you talked about, Sarah. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's that's probably the most important part of the the article. I, I agree with you on the other stuff, no no question there. The exploring down payment options that to me is like the same thing as talking to a lender. I don't I don't think that's any different. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it's get a realtor, enter the market now, contact a lender, and then I would also say follow your agent's advice would be a good piece. Like, I mean, I know unheard of, but when you hire an attorney, you usually listen to those guys or gals. When you hire an accountant, you're not, you know, you're not trying to get an audited. So I would listen to the advice and make sure you interview multiple agents. I can't stress this enough. Looking at those stats, I mean, that's staggering to me that 20 to 25% of people are the only ones interviewing more than one agent. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, because there's so much information, especially prior to you know, even signing any type of document. Um, you really need to talk and get build a relationship, build some trust, and uh, find out exactly from start to finish what's involved. Some people don't know that they have to put an earnest deposit down mm-hmm. within the first five days of a contract being signed. They don't know, oh, if my offer gets accepted, they, th- you know, in, in Pennsylvania, it's all written offers. Some yep. people think you can just throw out a verbal. So there's so much involved in the whole process. And I think get with an agent, see how they're going to operate by, are they going to sit down with you, take the time, go through that process to help you understand, you know, 100% of what to expect. All right. We're going to leave it there. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about 2022 market predictions. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. 
The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. This is Tom Tool with Remax Mainline and the Tom Tool Sales Group wishing everyone a happy Festivus. A great holiday season and a prosperous 2022. We'll catch you on the flip side. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. Special guest Karen Hamill in the house from Alliances and Insurance. We're going to get to her in a bit. And we've got Sarah Timon as well. And we are streaming live on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. And we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. So this is one of my favorite segments that we do all year, which is the 2022 predictions. And I'd love to say we prepped enough to go back and see what we predicted in 2021, Sarah, but I don't have the notes. We didn't look at the show. So we're just going to jump right in to what's happening in 2022. So before the show, Sarah and Stacy and I each came up with three predictions. We're going to run through uh, a couple of them one at a time here and, and talk about them. And um, I'll leave with the predictions and we can kick it to some discussion. So the first one, I thought this was this was one of my favorites. So Sarah predicts that appraisals are going to be less of an issue as comparable sales will be available from purchases over the last 18 months. What do you think, Stacey? Sarah, how'd you come up with it? So, um, I mean, I I feel like earlier earlier on, we did have a lot of issues where, um, you know, you had to offer kind of to make up the difference if it didn't appraise. And it does take a few months for all of the comparables to get in the system there and to be able to be utilized as you're as you're looking at at pricing and looking at the appraisals. So I think that now we have reached a point where a lot of them have have come through. I personally have had a couple uh, recently that, you know, the appraisal came in right where we needed to needed it to. And had this happened, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how long before, but maybe even six, six, six months before. I, I don't know that we would have gotten that number. Love it. Stacy. do you agree, disagree? I t- no, I totally agree. It's It's been shifting. 
I, I've been noticing that, you know, the comps are, are pretty much on point and, and the appraisals um, have been coming in well as of lately. So I, I agree 100% next year it's going to even be better. So I also agree. I love this prediction because it shows a lot of market knowledge. And what, what's clear is, you know, in 2020, the market was going so fast. I mean, you were seeing like 1%, 2% appreciation mm-hmm. in a 30-day period. Here's what people don't realize. Most settlements are 60 to 90 days. So all of a sudden, it's like 6 to 10%. At one point in 2020, we saw like a 10% jump in, in prices from especially like May, June, July, when we came out of the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and, and, and shutdown, where things were selling so fast and so quickly. So the data set is a lot better. And I, I love that you said it's going to be less of an issue because there's always going to be those homes that like yeah. push the envelope a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not totally eliminating it. But there was a, a point where it was like every home wasn't appraising. Right. I wouldn't say every, but it's a good 75%. Mm-hmm. So great prediction, Sarah. Love that one. So Stacy, yours, the first one we're going to go to on yours is aging out of agents will continue, especially as tech becomes more and more a necessity, if not already. Can you explain that a little bit? I know what you mean because I'm in the industry, but for the people listening, what's an aging out agent? What, what does that mean? Aging out agents. So there's a lot of people in the industry that have been in it for a very long time, 30 to 40 years. And in during the time, especially the most recent 10 to 20 years, tech has become an invaluable part and in systems uh, throughout this process. Some of the agents have not conformed and they're not comfortable using technology, you know, whether <laughs> give, it be, give us some examples. <laughs> um, utilizing dot loop, that's an electronic um, document processing um, website that we use. So we it prepares all our documents for signature. You can sign everything electronically, which is so streamlined and smooth and it's it's just amazing. So sometimes you'll get offers come in um, that, or if your offers go out, they'll be working just on, you know, I think they call them wet signatures. Isn't that mm-hmm. what they call them? Uh, <laughs> did you know that term, Sarah? Yeah. No, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's because we use electronic signatures for all ours. Oh, things, and for I, the most part, I mm-hmm. love my signature in Dot Loop. Like, I wish that was my real <laughs> signature. Like, I'm like, exactly. I'm going to check this out after the show. That's, <laughs> mine looks like a child wrote it with like a, like a crayon or something. So I think um, there are a segment of population of agents out there that are just not savvy in, in tech, and it will, it, it just kind of renders you obsolete. If you're one of the agents and you you have a flip phone and, and you have to go back to the office to to process and fax your documents, it's it's going to make it very, very difficult going forward. So I think you're going to see those agents just retiring, getting out of the, the industry. Um, but then you always have your new set of agents coming in. All right. So do you agree, disagree, Sarah? T- tell, us, tell us what you think. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that things are moving, things move very fast paced. Um, and I would say now more than ever. So if you're not able to do things to to have things move along as quickly as they need to. I mean, if you have, if you're a client and you ended up like missing out on being able to get an offer in or, or missing out on something because you weren't doing things at the speed that they need to be done. I, I'm thinking that only needs to happen once for you to reconsider, um, who, you know, who you're working with. I would fire that agent if I lost a house because they could, they had to insisted on like meeting me in person or something like that. One, cause I don't, people don't do business like that anymore. Like they don't, mm-hmm. they want it better, faster, quicker, mm-hmm. and they still value the interaction with folks. So, uh, but it's, it's not the same. I mean, you know, sometimes you only have a couple hours. I mean, right. mm-hmm. with tight deadlines and you have to crank out an offer in an hour and a half, you're not going to do that with all the paperwork and 
meeting at the office and getting all the signatures. I can't imagine. Well, think about the time. I mean, I've yeah. done this many times. I, I mean, imagine. this was, wet signatures were, were a thing for about eight or nine years in, into my career, and it was like, I can't get to your office until 7.30 at night. I can't even imagine. I don't have access to a scanner or a fan. I mean, it's just like you're sitting right. there and you're like, how is this? You know, and, and that, that's just the way it was done. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, but it's not, it's not just the signatures, though. I would actually say people that don't know how to operationalize technology in their lead generation and their mm-hmm. prospecting mm-hmm. Um, in, in how they're marketing to people. Like, you know, I mean, video, right? We're streaming on three different social media platforms right now doing a radio show on the AM. Like, that's not right. what people do. So I, I would say it's not just the operational side, but also the marketing side and the exposure side because these—I mean—they're not going to know who these people are unless it's word of mouth, mm-hmm. which still works. I don't want to—I don't want to get that wrong uh, because that—that that goes a long way. But this—that's like the fuel on the stuff that the stuff that you can do from a technological standpoint. So I do agree. I, I think that that's you're going to see a lot of this. Um, all right, nice prediction, Stacy. The next one. And I'm actually going to um, combine two here that we came up with. So Stacy said new agents will continue to jump into the pool, but also new agents will drop out of the industry as it becomes more competitive. Some believe it's easy until they realize it's not. And I had the trend of moving towards a skill-based market in 2022. And what I mean by that is that, you know, this past year, the market moved really fast. There are absolutely people that just fell into sales. They happened to talk to the right person at the right time. And no matter what happened, that person was buying that house or that person was selling that house and they just found the fir- to our stats from the last segment right they they just got the right person they clicked it moved on but they don't know how to actually like work the relationship so mm-hmm. i see more market share being taken by the top producing agents and it's going to get a lot tougher for those people on the bottom because we know that 50% of the agents are fighting over 9% of the business right now so what what do you ladies think about all this karen what do you think you've been awfully quiet here <laughs> Um, this is definitely not my forte, that part of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the aging out agent thing, though, I, I do have to say being in um, a business where we deal with a lot of millennials and we also also have a lot of like an older clients that do still want to come into the office every once in a while or w- really value a phone call and all of that stuff. So there's definitely different agents and different people for every walk of life. Mm-hmm. Great point. All right, so what do you think about the skill-based market, ladies? It's going to be everything. It's definitely going to be everything. So the agents with skills, <laughs> they're the ones that are going to be staying in it and surviving That because it's going to come down to that, um, especially as the market shifts and changes uh, and is not so amazing as it was in 2020 and 2021. Um, so your skills are going to take you and carry you through, and, and they're going to sustain you in the long run. It's going to be the long in for the long road. Right. I mean, I think it's going to be, and I know we've touched on this before, but a lot of the getting back to basics and just putting in the time, doing the work, making the calls, um, and, you know, doing all of those those little things that maybe in the past year you could have gotten away with um, not being quite as consistent with, um, it's going to come back to that. So, yeah, and actually Brad Inman agrees. So Brad Inman from Inman News, he had his own predictions. I think we looked at him, and this was one of his. He he phrased it very differently, where it says, real estate celebrities will begin to look silly in a tougher market. Next year, those who understand the business of grinding out real estate deals will get stars on Hollywood Boulevard. So the short of it is people who know how to work are going to be the ones that are closing sales. And you think about, I mean, some of the stuff we do internally, where all we're talking about right now is like outreach attempts. Like how many times are you going to reach out to somebody? How many... Like it, it, it's activities you can control instead of just hoping the next lead that comes in is going to be ready to go buy something, which 
that still happens. I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that it doesn't, but that's how you do X amount of deals. If you're looking to like double or triple your business or even just grow 20%, which is good for any business year over year, it's it's the, it's those basic disciplines like you had said Sarah, back to basics that go a long way. So obviously this is one of my predictions and Stacy so Sounds like Stacy and I agree. You do too. That's yep. awesome. All right. Sarah has a good one here too. Um, the pandemic's going to be an ongoing topic. New strange will evolve, but real estate will continue to move. Uh, suburban markets will have a steady flow of buyers who may need to commute to their office more than they have been and need proximity to their office. Properties in the city will see an uptick. Stace, what do you think about this? I, You know what? I have to agree. Um, just case study. I had a buyer that I relocated to suburbia land last year. He reached out to me, and he wants to move back to the city. Oh, so there you go. Sarah. Sounds like two sales, Stacy. <laughs> nice, exactly two sales in a short period of time. So, um, working on helping him with that. But I agree. I, the pandemic is definitely going to be an ongoing topic because it is an ongoing topic, and it is not going to go anywhere. Um, that being said, I think. Everybody's learning how to live with it better and um, getting more comfortable in, in there's so many options and choices out there for everyone. So I think uh, as as the years go by, it's going to improve, even though there's going to be more strains and variants and all these other things. But um, I agree it's going to continue to be an ongoing topic. Um, but I think you're right, Sarah, about the city. I think people are definitely going to want to get back into the city uh, after we witnessed that mad exodus from the cities. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of opportunity in the city. Well, there's a ton of, that, that's what mm-hmm. that was going to be my point. You look at the, the, the average uh, supply in Philadelphia right now, and since the second half of the year, it's like two and a half months, mm-hmm. plus or minus. In the suburbs, it's less than a month. That hasn't yep. changed. In November, there was just some data that came out. We talked about it on our, our coaching call today, um, and that was on MSNBC, I think, as well, that November has all the least amount of home sales available in the country. Now, we've seen inventory tick up since April, so I don't want to say mm-hmm. that's across the board. And in the city, there is a lot of opportunity because there's homes that are sitting on the market a little longer. Yep. And you think about where the most buyers are coming from. If it's millennial buyers and they don't have kids and don't have a family or a household, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be interested in that sort of thing where they can live somewhere five, seven years, build some equity, and then make that move to, to the suburbs. Uh, so I, I, I do see that. And I, I think the other thing, the factor here, too, is that, you know, what we're seeing with the pandemic is that a lot of people are much more willing to live with it than they have been. Um, I, I think there's probably going to be like 10 more variants over the next like 12 oh. months. I mean, it just, yep. but, it, but that's what a virus is supposed to do. Yep. So, you know, it's not. And if any, we learned anything from the past, I would say, two years at this point, it's really been, what, 21 months? Because uh, mm-hmm. March is when everything kind of happened. We were selling homes on like iPhones when we couldn't go anywhere. Like that happened. It was real. Uh, people were just buying because they had to buy. Nothing has slowed down the real estate market related to the pandemic, except the governor of Pennsylvania. That's the right. only thing that stopped it. So besides him, and now that that power's been taken away, that, that like the state voted for that, right. I don't see anything slowing it down. So I think this is, this is a great point of view, and it's 100% spot on. I think the caveat here, and we got a couple more we'll go through, is, you know, we'll see how these play out. These are just predictions. Let's hope right. they're all right. I mean, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll revisit them. We'll make sure to take notes. We'll keep this next year. So when we have this show again in 12 months, we'll be talking about it. Uh, all right, next topic here. So um, the – and I, I think Stacy – we'll hit on this quickly. Stacy said, as the stock market becomes more bearish in 2022, the market will once again become the strong pillar of the economy, enticing more investors or luring back investors who took a back seat the past year as a place for their money. What do you think about Are you guys seeing investors coming back into the market now? 
what, what, uh, Stacey, it's your prediction. So, Sarah, do you, do you think that's something that's accurate or, or tell us more about that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that there's absolutely some people that were kind of taking the back seat there, um, kind of wanted to see how things were moving along, and now they're they're ready to, to get out there and, and make their move. So I, I also agree with this wholeheartedly because what I saw happen is a lot of investors like cashed out over the past 21 months. And there's also a lot of people that want to invest in real estate because they're not comfortable with the market. They're worried about the volatility. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in crypto and NFTs, which there's a lot of people investing in those right now. I think we you have to you have to acknowledge that. I don't think that's going anywhere considering the Staples Center in L.A. is now the Crypto.com Center. The Sixers have a Crypto.com advertising patch on their jersey. Like, this is not... Wow. Just like oh Bitcoin whatever, and we did a we did a story about Jim Cramer paying off his house mm-hmm. with Bitcoin. So, yep. uh, but there are people that want and, and like you think about the metaverse. There's stories about like four million dollar plots of land selling in the metaverse. Is that wild? You know, it's going to be I more valuable. I'm going to buy actual, some land. In no, the actual real estate is going to be more valuable. <laughs> like the real the real estate. Like it's the metaverse. Who knows right. what's going to happen? Right. I'm clear that's going to be great for real estate. Mm-hmm. And if you can get something that's going to cash flow, and the people that wanted to invest the past two years, but didn't want to get involved in this um, and in, 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 in how incredible the market is or the cash flow is a little whacked out. Now they're going to start to see some opportunities. So yep. I agree with this wholeheartedly. I think it's a great observation, Stace. All right. We got one more here. Actually, we got two more we'll cover. So and, and Sarah, we kind of had um, the same thing. So I'll let you explain it here. My prediction was a lot shorter than yours. Mine said mortgage rates are going to go up. Yep. And yours was much more intuitive. So with interest rates rising in 2022, buyers are going to have less buying power. And for the people that search throughout 2021, they'll realize that they're going to be paying more for less house. For new buyers hitting the market, they could still capture a strong rate, a low rate, and feel good about it because they will not be comparing it to what they missed on. Stace, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with this 100%. Um, just because we both have had clients that missed out or for whatever reason um, backed out of deals and they should have stuck in there because... They're realizing now that they would have already been moved in. Um, They would be set in their mortgage payment. (laughs) They wouldn't have to worry about the rising interest rates. And that house that they could have closed on already, um, they might not be able to afford it uh, once the rates tick up. It could put them out of their their, uh, price point there. So I think that this is 100% um, real. And I think that buyers, if you're considering, you have to get into the market as like ASAP before the interest rates tick up. I mean, they're, they're still historically low, but if you have, it's the opportunity. Now is the time. See, and, and I think you bring up a good point that, you know, some buyers, they, they just don't know what they don't know. And that's where it's our job to inform these people. I mean, that's one of the cool things about this show is we talk about this literally like every week, like talk to somebody. If you're thinking about it, even if it's 12 months from now, start having the conversations now so you can be ready because that's where a lot of people miss out. And Sarah, what I love about your prediction is it's like the fear of missing out, right? The comparison. And those people just didn't miss out on a house at a lower rate. They missed out on a ton of equity. So instead of feeling bad about yourself, make a decision that you're not going to be part of that because that leads into the last prediction I had, which is there's no housing bubble coming. Right. Prices are still going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. Inventory is going to creep up a little bit, but not much. And and all the economists out there, we had David Childers on from Keeping Current Matters. You look at Fannie Mae predictions, Lawrence Yoon. Everyone's saying prices are going to be up 4 to 6% this year, at least, if not more. So that tells me that don't lose out on that equity. Don't pay more for the same house or don't pay more for less. I mean, I never, I never want to be in that situation. That sounds horrible. So 
you know, talk to somebody and get ahead of it instead of feeling bad about yourself or hesitating. I think that's the, you know, a phone call can go a long way. And maybe they're not ready. That's okay. But for the people that are or don't know, that's where it's really critical to get informed. 100%. Excellent predictions, ladies. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Karen Hamill, Alliances Insurances. Their tagline is review before you renew. We're going to talk about what that means because I think a lot of people don't get that. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Tara Timon. She's Stacey Mitchell. And we are here to talk about Alliances Insurance, what I would say is probably the best insurance agency in Pennsylvania. And I, I say that because I'm a customer, not not for any other reason besides that. We've got Karen Hamill here. I, I think you're the brains behind the operation Absolutely. with Kevin. The beauty and the brains. <laughs> so why don't you tell <laughs> us a little job. bit about the company first, and then we can kind of get into some of the stuff you guys do that are a lot different than other insurance agencies and I know one question Sarah had was really pertinent about natural disasters and getting the right coverage because this is like a new thing, the tornadoes. I mean, I, I think an earthquake could be next, the way things are going. And, and so I, that's a really relevant question. But tell us a little bit about your company first, and, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay. Um, so we are an independent insurance agency, which means that we work for the client and not just one insurance carrier. <clears throat> and that comes in very handy when it comes to – um, shopping around for rates, taking care of our clients, um, making sure people are getting the best coverage at the best rates. Uh, we have a multitude of carriers for all different kinds of people in all walks of life and all different situations, which is also really helpful. It's Once we have somebody that is a client, we take care of them from beginning to end. So what's the benefit of having multiple carriers? Because I, mean, I, 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 we kind of get this stuff because we're all touched by this industry a little bit. But for someone out there that's never bought a home before and never even had to get their own insurance, they're on like their parents' policy or right, something. Right. What's the benefit there? Yeah, I actually have just was asked this question a bunch of times in the past couple months. The benefit really is is that uh, 
I'm your person. You, we we give everybody our cell phone numbers, and we're we're always available to say, hey, uh, you know, I just hit my sprinkler system installing my new TV. Do you think I should file a claim? I mean, I could probably handle the damage myself or whatever. Things like that are huge. Or somebody lady just hit me on 76. Like, what do I do? Like, we get those calls, and I think the perfect thing is that we are the ones who are going to go to bat for you, and we're going to give you the best advice and the best knowledge that we have and make sure if it's right to file a claim or what to do <clears throat> because filing claims does re increase your rate so if there's ways to get around that we'll help you well that's certainly helpful and i mean and, and I, I guess you know when it comes to because i've worked with you guys a lot personally and i've noticed that like different policies all of a sudden like the carrier is changing like it goes from like one company to another so, so what's the benefit there for the for the for the client? Are you able to get better rates? Or is, is the coverage better? Talk a little bit more about that because I think a lot of people they normally just see like the Geico commercial and call them, or they <laughs> right. go they say I've always used Allstate. I'm going to go with these big box carriers. And right. Yeah. My my observation is the big box carriers don't necessarily have the best interest of the client in mind, Absolutely. give you the right coverage or give you the best rate. Right. I mean, it's actually kind of scary that people can go online and pick their own insurance out right now because they don't really know what they need. There's there's a lot of ins and outs and things that you need to know. Like when you become a home buyer, if you're like driving around with state limits on your auto insurance, that's a problem because you have way more to lose now. So we actually think about those situations. Whereas Geico, you're gonna put in your numbers and they're gonna give you whatever you want. You can pick and choose it yourself, but you don't know what you're doing and that's not very helpful. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, and then I, I know you guys also talk about a lot um, and, and Kevin, your husband obviously uh, is a connection of ours here. Review before you renew. So what does that even mean? Like I, I, I love the line, I get it. But again, I, I think it's, we wanna educate people on what they should be looking for when it comes to insurance. Um, so basically what it means is when you get your new renewal bill, uh, just have somebody, have us look over it, have anybody look over it and see why are my premiums increasing? What happened? What did I, what should I do? Am I even carrying the right coverage? I've never had anybody look at it before. Maybe I, maybe I'm not covered. Maybe there's holes and gaps in my coverage that I don't want to run into the situation where all of a sudden I have a, a water in my basement, which is huge right now. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that I only had $5,000 worth of coverage or something like that. Why It, it happens. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's definitely a big part of it. Well, we, before some of our policies renewed, um, I reached out to Kevin and he, I sent him over all the information and he looked at everything and he said, oh, I think I can save you a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, you can? <laughs> and he did. He and did. Um, we got better coverage. Right. Saved yep. a lot of money. Yes. And everything's consolidated right. under one carrier. So nice. What? So uh, it's nice. like my life has become <laughs> so much more easy. Right. I can't tell you how, I mean, that... That to me is so important. Right. And that is one of the benefits too, mm -hmm. is that we, if you are a client and it's been a year or two since we reviewed it, we could review it again and, and save you money in two, and save you money again in two years, you know, and just it's streamlined just, everything, right, just streamlined exactly. everything. It, it was amazing. So I totally appreciate what you guys do. Thank you. And I really didn't have to do much. I just had to send my, right. all my documents <laughs> to him and he took care of the rest of it. So it was, it was great. Yeah. We, we try to do most of it on our own and, and not bother anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's what you look for in a professional mm -hmm. though. I mean, yeah. I, I know like I'm, I'm right. probably the worst at right. that where, you know, I trust somebody. I'm like, Hey, just let me know when it's done. <laughs> I'll take like, I, I, you know, but that's, 
that that's what kind of I expect on my end because I don't, I don't I, you know, I find someone I, I know I can work with and I don't want to have that happen later. So I do appreciate that. So you had a, you had a pretty interesting question that spawned us inviting them on. They're, they're our first two-time guest, if you count her and Kevin as, as the same person, which is not the case. But, I, Sarah, I know you had a real interesting question here. I think it's pretty relevant for a lot of the folks out there, and you kind of hit on it too, Karen. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, over the past couple of years, but particularly, particularly this past year, I mean, depending on what part of the country you are in, um, it might be a different natural uh, natural disaster that hit you, but you probably have been affected by something. I mean, we just had um, a crazy amount of tornadoes, um, places where they, they hadn't been before. Out west, you have all of these um, fires that are just continuing to go. And here, I mean, a couple months ago, we had that massive storm that I know a lot of people had flooding, um, you know, trees falling on their homes, um, just stuff that that hadn't come out uh, or hadn't come up for people before, even if they've been in their home for a while. Um, So how do you kind of go through and prep and educate people to make sure that they have the proper coverage in case if something does come up? Um, so basically you, you are right that all of these catastrophes are definitely going to be raising the rates. Um, one way we prep is we've, we've been in the business long enough. I mean, Kevin has a lot more years on me, but we know exactly. Are you saying he's old or something? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but we know exactly what you need to be covered. If you're in a flood zone, we know you're going to need flood insurance. Even if you're not in a flood zone, if you... Um, are living in a condo, we know you're going to need more coverage for water seepage and leakage. And these are all just the ins and outs of things that we know. And we know with storms what's coming. And if if your roof is old or whatever, we know where the coverage is. We get people the coverage that they need. I know it sounds cheesy but. <laughs> so, so let's say important. let's say like that happens though because i think there's a lot of people that like they all of a sudden they had like two feet of water in their basement from right. the hurricane that right. we had or you know trees falling i mean you know we, we had a couple people in our office that couldn't even like get home that night i remember and and they had tons of water coming into their basement so obviously you're not the one handling the claims and all that but like what advice do you have for people going through that because even last year i remember like uh christmas eve there was like a huge rainstorm yes. like a lot of people had like water in their yep. basements and that sort of stuff so how does that work? Because I don't think a lot of people know what to do, and they may not do the right thing in, in those situations. They may not do the right thing. You're right. Um, it is very important, of course, obviously, to call your agent, your company, whatever, right away. It's always really important to document. The more you document, the faster your the claims process will go, no matter what. Um, and the more information that you give them is the faster it will all go. But... Um, it's it's scary no matter what no matter who you are I and mean, we had a flood christmas eve two years ago and i was like what do we do i'm an agent i don't know what we do you know? um but yeah it's all it's again it's part of um just being connected to an agent who knows what they're doing and what they're talking about and knows what your coverage is when, when storms like that happen our phones are blowing up and we're like talking to people whose you know trees went into their garages and their electric is out and this and that and we're just constantly on checking out everybody's coverage seeing what they can do what they're covered for who they should call where it, the endorsements are that they needed to to have in place and all of that stuff if that makes sense a big thing we are seeing now is uh people are calling and saying can i just get flood insurance even if i'm not in a flood zone because all of these, all of these hurricanes and everything, all of these windstorms—that's that's causing damage. Then people are flooding where they shouldn't be. 
So can they get flood insurance if they're not in a flood zone? Yep. And it's actually now, ever since October 1st, they started a new flood program, and it's a little bit less expensive. So it's definitely something That's people should look know. into. Yeah. Well, when, when you guys talk about flood insurance, too, I know you have the ability to get private flood insurance, yes. which is a little different than FEMA flood insurance. Yes. You want to explain that? Because I, I, this is something that, like, it's helped me work with some clients before where right. they had no idea. Because some homes, like, you have to get flood insurance. There's no Absolutely. option, especially around right. here. There's a lot of, you know, Schuylkill River, bodies of water, whatever. And they think they automatically have to pay the FEMA rate. And right. that can, we talk about affordability in the last segment. Well, you have the mortgage company is going to make you get that unless you're buying cash. And if you're not getting flood insurance and you're in a flood zone, that's craziness to me. So talk a little bit about the difference, because this is something that I don't think enough people know about. Right. So um, before 2019, FEMA dominated the market. You could only get FEMA flood insurance. Um, In 2019, they opened it up to private flood insurance companies, which let people like independent agents like us have a multitude of carriers that we could run flood insurance through so it's a more competitive you can get more competitive rates the same way you would with auto or home or any other kind of insurance what's like the delta like i mean (laughs) Um, is it like is there a percentage that it costs on average or at least like a range um it kind of depends on how much you're covering or how much coverage you want for your personal property and all of that stuff but it's really i mean it's i haven't seen anything over a thousand dollars of for annual policy which isn't Terrible. And and the FEMA flood under. policy is usually like 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 four or five six thousand dollars a year, right? Yes, it's insane. That's a pretty wow. big. I mean, think about yes. if you're saving someone yeah. four hundred dollars a month right. on their monthly payment. I mean, does that get a buyer into a house? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. And it's nice to know that you can have that extra protection even if you're not in a flood zone right. for a relatively reasonable price. Especially because you don't know where these flash floods are going to come. You know, after right. after we just had the hurricane. Right. So I think that's invaluable right there. Right. Especially for if you say it's about a thousand dollars a year. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you for spend sure. all of this money on right. this huge investment, and you want to be able to protect <laughs> right. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When people never think about this stuff, like, I mean, I found that insurance is almost a throwaway in the transaction. I mean, what's your observation there? Do people even, like, think about that? I mean, especially, like, first-time buyers. like, oh, gosh, that's right. I got to get my insurance. Right. And then they just get any policy just to be able to bring it to closing. So, um, yeah, it's not not really on the forefront of, which it should be. Like you said, it's, like, the biggest investment. Mm -hmm. So you should have the proper coverage. Right. Yeah. And it, it is terrible because they, you know, people don't know what they don't know. So right. if they're like, well, Geico said that my payments would be way less than what you could or any other big box carrier said that it would be less. Like, yeah, but how's the coverage? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be OK? Right. Like, what are you getting for right. that? Like, yeah, you're you're not spending much. But if anything happens, like, right. You're, right. But they you're don't know unless you've been right. through something. Right. right. And you yeah. can, And you know the difference between great coverage and like super mediocre coverage, right. um, then you really don't know. And the, the the last thing you want is to have that situation and find out that you don't have enough coverage. Right. And then you're you're paying for that. You're ultimately right. it's coming out of your pocket. Anyway. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. I'll take it one step further. I mean our neighbor had like a twenty dollar like plumbing part go in the ceiling or in like his kid's bathroom. Caused four hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to its house. Like the water <laughs> just ran through the whole place. Right, that's it happens more than you think. Well, it, it, wow. and I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I see this guy on the weekends. Our kids are friends, and he's been fighting with the insurance company just to get the money to do the repairs because it's already been approved and everything else. And you know, luckily he's in a position where he has a construction company and he can actually navigate these things on his own. But for someone that is relying on that money and doesn't have the, I mean, because like you said, Sarah, it's a huge investment. I mean, most mm-hmm. people don't have. 
uh, they don't run a construction company that can come in and like you know mm-hmm. that you, you can you can do the repairs but he's got a family living in the house they can't right. move into the house it's a problem right it's a problem I, I used to roll my eyes when Kevin used that as an example like oh gosh who would that happen to that somebody would like leave the water running well sure enough like I said two years ago that's exactly what happened to us all right we're terrible. getting played yeah. off here Karen you can find <laughs> Karen and uh, Kevin at alliances plural insurance.com you follow Stacy on Instagram. It's at the number two Mitchco two M I T C H C O. Follow Sarah at at Ty underscore tie time. I'll get that right at some point. T Y <laughs> underscore T Y T I M E. You can follow me on Instagram at Tom Tool three R D. We're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB eight sixty AM.